0: Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So, after last week's more macro pod, this week we descend into the rabbit hole of the run into the season with advice for wildcarders and non wildcarders alike on how to play this most exciting of times in the FPL schedule. I'm joined today by Nick for the special pod, and I know uh, he's also quite excited about it. Uh, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Tom. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, really looking forward to uh, another podcast. Uh, lots of work and research gone into this particular one, uh, especially in terms of our planning for the wildcard. Very important part of the season. But uh, I think uh, we've done well um, not to get too caught up in specifics last week as uh, the fixtures announcements are really... Um, Brought a change to the events and the planning and a lot of uh wildcard plans have been ripped up and had to had to start again. So <laughs> yeah. we'll 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 be talking about that and uh we'll be talking about the players to get on this pod. Uh, but just as a reminder, who we are, I'm Nick, he's Tom. Um you may remember us from other podcasts, such as the fixtures one and, and various ones earlier on the season, but we are Who Got the Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL online at who got the com.
0: Well, thanks for that, Nick. Uh, so today, as mentioned, it's all about the running. Uh, the pod will split up into two distinct sections. The first would be strategy and um, the second will be specifics in terms of teams and players. We'll try our very best to cover all perspectives, not just come at it from our own points of view as two wild carders this week and um, to try to give you guys all you need to know um, as far as we can and cover as much as we can.
1: Yep, And just to say, as this is a special pod, um, we won't have any features or listeners questions this week. So we're going to devote full time to the topic at hand so let's get on with it anyway, starting with the strategy section.
0: Yeah, so every situation, of course, is different. I think that's the first thing we need to say. Uh, lots of stuff that we might say may or may not uh, apply to your team. Just be smart about what you hear and think about what, how you might apply what you're hearing to, to your to your kind of uh, situation. So we're wildcarding now, Nick, but but what next? I mean, I think, I think first let's talk about why we've both wildcarded, because last week you were a little bit unsure about whether you were going to do it. And I said, I'm definitely going to well, I had done it already. And uh, despite the fact that the fixtures changed and uh, a few fixtures did get moved, for example, Arsenal's uh, double game week got moved to game with 37 rather than 34, as did Swansea's to, and Man City's as well, I think. But they've moved to seven now, which means that 34 is a little bit less lucrative as a, as a double game week. However, uh, my team was, was pretty poor still. Uh, it had 10 players that had played in the blank. It was a very blank friendly team. And uh, I don't think I'd have I needed a minus eight or a minus twelve. I think to be competitive. So I still stand behind the fact that it was kind of the right thing to do for my team. And I think on another level too, it was good to just re-inject a bit of fun into the proceedings, <laughs> so maybe to feed the emotive side after a week weeks of uh, grey arrows and everybody having very similar teams. So, but ironically, it may be looking like everybody's got a similar team on the wild card anyway. Uh, what about you, Nick? You made the decision to to wild card. What are the reasons behind that?
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, I was looking at my team, and, and they weren't performing particularly well anyway. And also, um, I, I wasn't. I didn't wildcard straight away, but I started seeing all these price rises happening, and I was just getting absolutely hammered by the price rises. Cause all the players I was going to bring in the next game, we were rising. We saw Lukaku and Aubameyang rise very early on. We also saw a David Silva rise, and I wasn't planning to bring him in. And Maybe that was a bad call for those that brought him in because I think he's injured now. But um, since then, we've had Mahrez and Son uh, rise in value as well, and I I managed to pick up the rises on both of those guys. But if I hadn't done my wild card, I would have been down about 0.4, potentially even 0.5, could even be 0.6 or 0.7 by the end of the game week um, on the players that I wanted to bring in because I think Williams also, he's risen. So that's another player that I've brought in. So I, I just got overly concerned about the price rises and thought you know what just pull the wild card make the changes i want to make and then i've got another free transfer potentially to play with anyway before the game week 34 um double game week
0: yeah, I, I think that, that ultimately it does make sense because you, you don't want to be in the situation where next week or in, if you do some sort of like other strategy in the future, you're like, oh, why are you little? I'm, I'm 0.1 off. And you kind of think, well, if I have wildcarded two weeks ago, then I'd have the team that I wanted. And I think that every year I have followed that kind of strategy that I've been trailing a lot. that if I put a team together, I put a team together fairly early after the blanks. And if I can't afford it later on, I don't think, then, then I go for it. Let's move on to our actual strategy then, Nick. And uh, we're, we're in slightly different situations. I've got all chips intact. You've got no triple captain, of course. You spent that on uh, on Harry Kane. And I think we should probably talk about kind of how we're going to be using our final chips towards the end of the season, F- from the perspective of somebody with all three chips. There's a little bit of choice. Um, so, like triple captain and bench boost. They should probably both go on double game weeks, right? Unless you were clever enough to do it on Salah last week. And I'm trying to, I've been kind of seeing there's a lot of arguments each way um, this week. Um, For me, I think I'm going to bench boost in 34 and triple captain in 37. Why 34 for bench boost? Well, a lot of it is down to triple captain options, actually. So Kane has West Brom, Newcastle. City have Huddersfield, Brighton. United have uh, Brighton and Watford. Arsenal have Burnley and Leicester in uh, 37, that is. And in 34, I felt like I'd be scratching around a little bit. Also, with all the chips intact, I can see why you're doing... I think you're going to bench boost in 37, right? But I can see why you're doing it. But for me, I'm not too sure I want to be trying to get 14 to 15 men for a game week, which is five weeks away, even though there is a little bit of kind of a double-double crossover. So, yeah, for me, it's 34 bench boost with 14 players plus Solara, I think, and then the uh, triple captain in 37 because how good triple captain is, especially Kane, 37, West Brom, Newcastle, with his back fit. If not, maybe a punt on a City player or, uh, you know, Kaku or, or Albo or something. So you don't have a triple captain. Why are you going for 37 as your uh, bench boost rather than 34?
1: Well, I think with the fixtures that are happening, in game week 37 it's just um, there are going to be more of them than in game week 34 and I can set my team up to prepare for that bench boost in 37 by maintaining and trying to get up to 10 or 11 double game week players for this game week and then I can sort out my free hit for the blank in 35 and then I'll have the players that I'm planning on benching up until 37 coming in for that double game week and a couple of players that I've just got lurking around who I had in my original draft and I'm probably going to keep are Kennedy and Dummett and they both have games in in 37. And I thought if I could just bench these guys or even maybe even play Kennedy this game week because he's got quite a nice fixture against Huddersfield and then have him sit on the bench... Um, until, until 37, when they've got the double, then it seemed like a, a viable strategy for me. I looked at uh, potential setups to get uh, 15 players for that game week 34. And I, feel, I felt like I was stretching a little bit with the teams that were available compared to 37, where I felt like there was a little bit more flexibility in, in terms of my options. And at the moment, for instance, I want Chelsea players, but I'm not going to rush to double or triple up because of their cost. And it's also the same with, with Spurs players as well. There's there's no one really appealing within that defence that make me want to triple up on Spurs for the uh, double game week in 34. But by 37, I might be in more of a position to have the triple up, especially once Harry Harry Kane's back. But I can understand for those that have the triple captain and the bench boost, why it might be more appealing to triple captain in 37 instead of 34, because of, once again, because of the options and the fixtures available in 34, the 37 ones are likely to be more appealing for the triple captains. I think for 34, one of the only real options, I guess, for a triple captain would be Lukaku, perhaps. You can see potential hauls against both of them, or maybe even if you're looking at Chelsea, you could triple captain someone like Hazard. But I'm not sure if Hazard or Lukaku are, are worth the triple captain, because they've been quite um, you know, on on and off, out of form all through the season, haven't they? And you know, maybe saving it for thirty sevens more appealing when you've got the Spurs, West Brom, and Brighton fixture, and a lot of people holding out for Kane. Or even you could look at someone like Mares, who's got West Ham and Southampton in that one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, for for thirty seven, you've got to figure out, uh, kind of figure in getting Man City players for that ridiculously good um, double game week in Huddersfield and Brighton. Um, I've got no interest in having City players. I mean, I did have in for a little while. I mean, I, I, you said he, he's been dropped from the Spain squad. We don't really know what's going on there. Maybe to do with his young son again. Um, but like getting those players in and also manoeuvring to get Kane in and also manoeuvring like the strikers. I'll speak about my old boomerang strategy later on. Like, um it just felt like there was just too much too many kind of big moves I had to make to get to a decent 37 team especially with a triple captain to use um it just it just felt better for me to uh, to bench boost early if you had triple captain Nick would you uh would you do would you do something different or would you be triple captain in 34
1: it's a tough question I might be tempted to triple captain in 34 still and then do the bench boost again in in 37 but um yeah I mean I'm I'd probably think about it a little bit more at the moment I'm pre on my strategy and uh, also having like the likes of Arsenal also come in for 37 you could get a defender in and I think uh gives me a, re- a more option more scope for 15 players that are going to play in in that 37 game week yeah. but yeah I do I do see the other side and the risk and the fact that I'm preparing yeah. very early for what is going to happen in five game weeks and there's you know, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be rotation. Like you mentioned Manchester City, but probably Manchester City in 37 is the fact that they would have won the league, guaranteed by then. So who, who's going to play? We don't really know.
0: You know, you're in a situation where you'd be kind of hoping for, obviously you'd never hope for an injury, but hoping, like, they're thinking, well... It- Jesus, I hope Jesus gets injured because uh, you know, Kun Aguero may feasibly play two games, but it'd be really interesting to see how Pep uh, does in the league, um, especially if they, you know, the Champions League is is a big thing. If uh, City lose to Liverpool, I think it'd be really interesting to see how they end up the season. Like, surely they just play the best team in, in the league and try to get the most points they possibly can. And I think the kind of another question is a uh, uh, rotation. I think we've I've seen a lot about it on the social media and F- FFS and things like that. I think both game weeks 34 and 37 carry their own elements of risk. So 34 is obviously that the second fixture is very close to the FA Cup uh, semis and in 37 you're towards the end of the season so you may see you know players being given uh, we'll talk about it later on with Ederson perhaps and um, players being given time uh, you know on the pitch. Are you factoring rotation into your into your thinking?
1: Yeah definitely I mean rotation is something I am concerned about and that's why on my wild card I'm looking at the bench I'm looking about having approximately someone Mm -hmm. like Lowton, even perhaps even in double game week on the bench so that if one of my players doesn't play then he could potentially come in it's tough because it's it's going to be many cases and I look through my team and, and there's a lot of rotation risk with some of the characters already in there like the likes of Son but he's um most likely to play because of Harry Kane's injury the likes of um, William is in my team as well and he's been in and out of the Chelsea squad at various points throughout the season and it's the same with uh some of the other players as well and defenders so i've I've tried to I've tried to bring in as part of my wild card I've looked at defenders that are central defenders because we talked about it in one of the other pods about how they seem to get more minutes than um other players, I think, um, where's Morgan, for instance. I picked him for Leicester. No, I'm not going anywhere near um, the Simpsons again with Danny Simpson <laughs> trolling me once, you know, earlier on in the season. The other one I've, I've looked at, and we'll talk about a little later, is um, Chris Chris Smalling for Manchester United. Mm. As um, he's most likely to be now, but then also there's uh, it's a risk um, of it rotation
0: with him if, uh, if Phil Jones returns from injury soon. Yeah, and your man Lindelof as well, hanging around. Okay, um, so we're I think we're, we're kind of fairly set on our on our strategies. I'm not. I can see why without the triple captain, as I said, you're playing bench boost where you are. Um, free hit. Are you going to free hit in 34, or are you going to save it to 35? Because surely that. I mean, if anyone uh, if anyone is unsure, there, there's a, an option, especially without triple captain, to free hit in 34. And build a team for 33 and 35. So, you know, triple Burnley would be top of the list, for example. Um, so you managed to you kind of custom build a team, both uh, double game weeks. Is, is that something that's ever crossed your mind? So I'm planning on free
1: hitting in, in 35. Um, yeah. If I was to free hit in, in 34, it would be a completely different formation of a, of a team. But I think um, for those that don't have the free hit, we've talked about Burnley as being a really good team to to bring triple in because they've got the double game week in thirty four, and they've also got a fixture in thirty five against Stoke, and I think they're the they're the only team with that particular setup in hand. So they'll they'll be a really good team to load up on if you don't have your free hit. But for me, I've, I've got my free hit still, so I'll be using it in thirty five, and I'll be loading up on Manchester City again because they'll be playing Swansea at home, and I don't have any Manchester City players at the moment, so I'll probably not have anyone for Manchester City because they've don't have a, they've only got Spurs in 34. So I'm not interested in that fixture. And they've got United in 33, Everton in 32. So really tough um, few fixtures. And then and then uh, in 35, um, I'll use my free hits and bring in the City guys uh, for one last hurrah, potentially then, and then look at the other teams that have good fixtures. I think Arsenal have West Ham. So we may, may even triple up in Arsenal, getting like something McIterian perhaps and uh,
0: Monreal in defence. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, it's worth mentioning that uh, F- FPL Academica, there's a School of Thought piece um, that they put out this week. They're at FPL Academica on Twitter. And um, there's a guy called FPL JJ Is one of those who's in that situation. And that if you are with, without a free hit, he makes a very nice kind of case for a strategy uh, where you build a squad with 34 to 35 in mind. That is if you're wildcarding now, which has kind of eight or nine double game week 34 players and nine or 10 players for 35 Roll the uh, free transfer in thirty three. Take one more player in for thirty four. So you've got nine double game weekers plus Salah and Firmino or something. Use your free transfers. Two of them in thirty five for eleven. Uh, in thirty seven again. So you roll in thirty six. You you then kind of play two more and get two more in there, which could kind of work if you're trying to build your way around that uh, thirty five by kind of setting up for that that fixture. Uh, but I still think uh, yeah, it's quite tough, isn't it? Um. A lot of the time, I think we're kind of planning transfers when we're making wild cards. uh, I don't know if anyone's seen the the transfers, the the plans I've been putting out. Uh, I I like to think about these things a lot, as you can probably tell. But I've been putting a lot of plans out and I've been kind of refining it more and more over time because I've been kind of realising, okay... I'm tying up uh, one, two, three, four transfers by setting up in a certain way. So the less I can do that, the more scope I have for dealing with issues. Because you know, inevitably, problems are going to really crop up. Like injuries going to crop up. Like you know, players are going to be dropped or something like that. Um, when when you're kind of planning, Nick, uh, do you plan for injuries? Do you have contingencies in play, or do you kind of stick to stick to your transfers and think you're going to solve that problem when you come to it? <laughs>
1: I think you have to have contingency plans for injuries and, and I've got various players that I plan on bringing in uh, for 37 if they're back from injury but then if another one it depends also on on the state of my current team and how they're doing so I don't necessarily know at this moment in time who I'm planning on selling though I, even though I want Harry Kane in for the 37 it may be Lukaku that leaves my team it may be Aubameyang it may be um, Jamie Vardy if he's if he's in the team by game week 36 but it very much depends on who's 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 in form who's staying fit who's uh, who's injured and i think you have to kind of you can't really plan too far ahead and and say i'm definitely going to make this move in this week and i'm definitely going to make this move in this week because you can't you have to factor in various um, other elements like the injuries or the form or the or um, you know the price changes so you have to kind of and i try not to think too far ahead because you can't predict the future you don't know what's going to happen so I, I focus on at least you know two to three game weeks in advance and, and then go from there so I, even though I I know I really want Harry Kane I don't have a Harry Kane plan at this moment in time I'm just going to and I think you've been planning a little bit more than me but I'm just thinking if I have to sell someone like um, Aub- Aubameyang or Lukaku to get him in it, it might be like the case i have to do that but then they've got really good fixtures in that 37 as well so it's it's very tough
0: yeah that's it's difficult isn't it i think kane specifically is is an issue because he's so expensive um but that's kind of the the thing that i realized when i was trying to plan how i get from a decent 34 to a decent 37 and I realised that if I worked backwards from the 37 plan as you said it's very difficult to be specific so it's a lot more kind of like my first seven team is, is kind of a like city defender, city midfielder kind of thing and a vague kind of price point and then building backwards from that to, to the 34 team and ultimately to the team I'm creating now. Kane because he's so expensive but you know, 36 he's got Watford at home, 37 um, they got the, that really good double game week in West Brom who may well be down and Newcastle who you know, may well, have written off the uh, the rest of the season by that point too. I feel like there are sometimes uh, uh, maybe this is a point where we differ as well. Like I, I kind of I wouldn't feel happy if I didn't have a have a plan in some way or form to be able to sort that out.
1: Yeah, it's tough, and uh, it's just the problem is when you're thinking about Kane, you've already got three premium strikers that we're all thinking about owning potentially as a, a lineup, and that's as far the Lukaku and Aubameyang, and they've all got. Great fixtures of their own in that game week as well, and and those I think I think you match me in terms of those three. Your current front line, or or maybe you're going for Glenn Murray now. I'm but, going
0: Murray, yeah, I'm going Murray.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> just tough in terms of making a sacrifice. Maybe Vardy would be probably the one that I would sacrifice out the three, but then that means that I've got to fork out another. Find another three point five million or something lurking around, which will be really tough. Which means someone in midfield will, will have to definitely be uh, downgraded, and uh, and I obviously don't want to sell the likes of Solar and my other premium midfielders. It's just it's just very tough.
0: That's it. I think it's, it is it um, is a time when you have to make some tough decisions, and perhaps decisions which don't quite make sense. So something you know, like removing Vardy for Kane. Would if you can free up that extra money? Would, would I think on some level make sense? Because even though Vardy would have a double game week and has a fairly decent double game week actually in that time, I still think that um, like Kane's double game week is better than his almost. And you're kind of happy. You're going to have to make a decision which normally you wouldn't make, but because we're kind of so finite now and you don't have a you don't have further game weeks to catch up. You know, this is it. So you're going to have to make decisions like that. I'll talk about my plan later on with the strikers, but a lot of it is kind of treating your players as mercenaries and tra- treating them as week to week who's going to do better for me and i think that that kind of is, is the way i'm looking at it i think the final thing to talk about nick is uh not if you if you don't have a wild card like obviously we've spoken about uh to some extent what wild carders are doing if they've got a triple captain if they've got a free hit i'm assuming that most people who are going to be listening to this won't have used their bench boost at the moment if you don't have your wild card uh what advice do you think that uh would you give the give people out there and um, our friend like Neil Gupta for example has no wild card but, but bench boost and triple captain and I'm sure there's a lot of people who only have bench boost left I think one piece of
1: advice perhaps would be not make too many wholesale changes to your current setup and and try and be too ambitious with too many hits um, if you've got triple Liverpool for instance don't rush to sell those guys because they've been in really good form all season and maybe just you know keep the likes of Salah and Firmino who've still got good fixtures at and have been performing week in week out, and uh, then just look at the rest of your team. Look at the team like teams like Arsenal have got really good fixtures up until the end of the season. They might not have a double in their uh, thirty four, but they've got a fixture in thirty five, so you can cover them there. And then they've got the double in thirty seven. So slowly, sort of feeding players from Arsenal. Focus maybe on a couple of teams like Manchester United, who've got the good double in thirty four for your next couple of transfers. But as long as you. Just have a look at the teams in thirty-five, and and make sure you see if you can try and have as many players in that game week as well. So the likes of Burnley, we mentioned already, really good team to to get in at the moment because of the thirty-four double and the thirty-five fixture. Um, the likes of Liverpool keep those players in Arsenal, and then uh, after after 30, after double game week thirty-four, start looking at the likes of Manchester City and and maybe Spurs um, would be my suggestions.
0: That makes sense. And I think as well as looking at those players, uh, the big ticket players later on, I think earlier on too, uh, around now, um, if you're making kind of dross transfers or enabling transfers as well as moving big players, um, bear in mind the teams who have a double-double who do have cheap options. So that's teams like Leicester at the back. Um, You just mentioned Morgan, who's also my team. Uh, Southampton, um, maybe under Mark Hughes, they'll sort it out, who knows. But, you know, there's McCarthy there, the keeper. Brighton uh, have a double double as well, and so do United. Um, but obviously a bit more expensive. However, like but, like looking at those players, if you're making moves just so you've got a player in now, uh, if you're making taking a month's for this week that you can just feasibly leave until the end of the season, you know, like a Duffy or something, might be worthwhile. I'm not too sure about what you said about like. Keep, like not taking too many too many risks, I think at this point that like, you're going to have to accept. If you don't have a wild card, you're going to have to take a few hits to, to catch up with everyone else. And I can understand the reasons for doing wild cards earlier on. Like you know, you could have needed an earlier bounce to get back into contention, into mini leagues or in in OR if you were doing badly. Um, you know, in January, uh, but I still think. You might need to you might need to take a few hits actually from from my perspective.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I just think that you need to look at the players you're selling and the reasons why you're selling before you take the hit. Because sometimes, if you're taking hits, you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage against the rest of the field, and you're never going to catch up if you take too many hits. And you may find that those players that you've already got are actually the differentials within the game week that end up getting a haul and and beating some of the double game week players. So, for instance. If it's like um, if it's the double game week thirty four and you're you're thinking of selling Shakiri or something like that, he's actually got a really good fixture against West Ham and could easily haul and, and beat the uh, beat Pascal Gross that game week.
0: Yeah, that could definitely that could definitely happen. And you know, these players are now differentials, the sort of players that aren't involved in the wild card as such. And that could be something that you know. It's a risk. It's a, you, I think that you probably would have known it's a risk if you wildcard a little bit early. Uh, you know how these kind of season, how FPL seasons go. Um, but you know, it could be worth having that sort of player in. You know, as, as Nick just said, you know, having a having a Stanislas or having a West Ham player or having something like that that goes against uh, where everyone else is going, and that could be what, you know where you really see gains. Um, okay, uh, I think that's basically everything for the strategy section at the moment and um, obviously we had a lot to cover Um, I'm going to be as I said uh, uh, bench boosting in 34 free hitting in 35 and uh triple captaining in 37 and Nick you're going to be yeah
1: so I'm going to be uh bench boosting in 37 free hitting in 35 and I'm wildcarding now and I've already used my triple captain
0: Cool. All right, um, and uh, we'll speak about this uh, obviously a lot more, and, and the kind of the ramifications of, of, of doing that uh, in in pods which follow this. Okay, yeah, let's take a break there, and then we'll come on to the uh, come on to the specific section in terms of players and teams. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back, and we're, now we're going to talk about some details, some you know get down and dirty with with our players. Uh, yeah. Uh, so th- this section is going to be. Uh, split into three kind of specific sections. The first is Essentials. These are players that we can't be without. The second section is Cover. So this is teams that we want to cover, but specific assets may not matter too much. And finally, we're going to talk about Pumps. I think it's, again, worth saying that uh, we're going to try to cover as many players and teams as we as we can. If we've covered a player rather than a team, we're hoping that's fairly self-explanatory as to why. Um if we don't cover a player, we're not saying we're not good. It's just because you know there's so much to cover at the moment, and we're going to raise a plethora of relevant issues to those in wildcards or kind of you know planning the run in. That I think that um, hopefully we'll have enough in this kind of section to, to give you enough to go on. Essentials is the first thing, and I think the very first thing to talk about is a couple of assumptions. The first is that Mo Salah is not leaving our teams. Is that right, Nick?
1: Yeah, I've got him down as an essential player.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he can't can't go, can he? Uh, I mean, I actually plan at the moment, I mean, we spoke about a little bit of madness earlier. I'm thinking he may go in 37 for me for one week only uh, to afford Dilva or maybe, depending on how things work out, to afford Kane because he's got Chelsea away that week. But he does have Bryson at home in 38. So it may be a kind of a boomerang thing where I remove him and bring him back again in 38. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Salah's going to leave. But one man I think who is part of a, a, a big discussion, a big decision, is Roberto Firmino. And the idea of whether we keep or sell, uh, are we going to press Confirmino and get rid of Bobby? I think this is quite an interesting one because a lot of us have a lot of value tied up in him. He's been doing really, really well. Yeah, people are selling for Lukaku. People are selling for Vardy. And uh, yeah, I've been kind of ruminating about this and and kind of uh, turn it over in my head. And I just, I, I I could never get to the point where I was comfortable selling for Mino. Uh, wh- what have you done with him? Are you keeping him for now? H- How's it working for you?
1: So yeah, at the moment he's staying in my team he like you said he is um we i've actually I got him a little bit later than you but I've got a lot of value tied up in him as well and he has been in really good form he's been playing um really well alongside Mo Salah and uh, getting goals and assists on the back of uh, Liverpool's really good performances they've got a great fixture up next as well against Crystal Palace and in general their fixtures up until the end of the season are really good but i i don't think he will be in my team actually for double game week 34 I think I will sell him but just not straight away I've got a couple transfers that I will have available before that game week so I'm probably going to keep him for at least one more game week maybe two but um I think um, for me he will leave my team and uh, Jamie Vardy will replace him
0: yeah uh, Oakley Doakley I've, I think that's probably about right for me too uh, I mean I looked at Firmino compared to Vardy and Kaku. um in terms of the last six weeks. And the, the stats are ridiculous for Firmino. He's had nine shots on target uh, in the last six, versus five for Kaku and Vardy. As you said, they've got Palace up next. United look dross going forward, don't they, really? Um, they've got Swansea, but I back Firmino to do better than uh, Kaku. I think Kaku can wait till 34. Vardy is, uh, as well. He's got Brighton, right? I've got Mares anyway. And I kind of think I might as well just keep Firmino. Like the, the ownership is quite large for Firmino. There's other things like, you know, the BPS baseline is easily the best for strike for me. You know, we see it all the time with Bobby being close to the bonus or in the bonus, despite kind of contributing little in terms of goals and assists. And uh, he's second behind Kane for shots on target in the last, in the last six. Um, at the end of it, I kind of looked at it for a long time and I was taking him out for Kaku and taking him out for Murray and moving it all around, but I couldn't come to a point quite yet where I'm happy to let him go I know that they've got four fixtures in 10 games coming up but I think he will start versus Palace if it was any other game other than the Merseyside Derby sandwich between the Champions League fixtures I think he wouldn't play that but because it's the Merseyside Derby I think there's a, a slightly bigger chance but it's very difficult to second guess these things I suppose uh, at the end of the day I feel like it's you know it's convenient to sell Firmino right now but logically I don't think you'd ever do it outside of a wild card and I think that he stays for one more week for me at least because of that
1: exactly and uh but I think I will sell him and I think because um it actually frees up 0.6 in value as well if I do sell him for Vardy and that money can come in really handy it's probably going to be spent on, on bolstering up my defense a little bit of the more because uh, that's looking a bit a bit poor at the moment in general so uh I'll probably be using that money to upgrade one of my defenders but or even my goalkeeper because at the moment I haven't been able to fit in David De Gea uh but yeah, I think uh I think for me he will um, he will stay for at least one more game week for that Crystal Palace game and uh and then he'll probably leave for Jamie Vardy because I think Leicester's fixtures are just really good as well and it's worth mentioning in thirty three they've got Newcastle at home and Vardy could could uh, really deliver in that one. But still I think the whole uh, and I'm not sure if you're on the same wave, but we both um really like Riyad Marez as well and the whole actually doubling off, up on the Vares is is it is that too much spent on the Leicester attack? I don't
0: know. I, I'm not I, I've, I'm reluctantly looking at Vardy. Like, you, I know that you don't really like him very much, so I'm surprised that you are looking at him. I guess it's a case of needs must. But Whenever I've owned him, I owned him a, a spot this season, a fair bit last season. Obviously, in the big season, he was a, an auto owned. But since then, you know, he has a shot every 45 minutes. He only has a couple of opportunities per game. And he very, very seldom returns double figures. If you look at Kaku and his returns over the last kind of few game weeks, it really is the case. It really, they track each other very similarly. And I think strikers in general, without Kane involved and without Kun perhaps being involved as well, and um, strikers generally just look to me like an area where you look at it and you think, yeah, who's going to perform well in this week? Who's going to perform well in the other week? And try to make sure you've got the, the kind of the performing players. So, you know, I've got a little plan, uh, a little plan, uh, like kind of a an a, a boomerang of, of strikers. Um, so first 1st first two, I'm going to have Firmino, Alba. And and Murray's going to stay. Um, thirty-three, maybe roll, maybe Firmino out, but thirty-four definitely. Firmino and Alba are going to go. Kaku and Vardy will come back in. Thirty-five free hit, so Alba comes back in. So does Firmino. Thirty-six uh, Vardy or Kaku go out for um, go out for Kane. So, you know, I'm not going to be sticking or loyal to many strikers. I'm going to be playing the strikers according to when they've got good fixtures. So, you know, starting with Aubameyang, I'm going to be starting with him, but I'm not planning to keep him beyond 34. I just got him for the initial kind of period here. Yeah, quite a lot of
1: planning. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting plan, but like we mentioned earlier on in the pod, the whole idea of oh, you can't factor in what's going to happen to the rest of your teams. So, so you're going to potentially, in order to carry out your plan, you might be making a lot of hits because of other transfers and other issues that you have to sort out. For instance, you're, you might have a, a major defensive injury crisis hit you. So I think there's a little bit of a yeah, little bit of risk there as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's always that. And I think a lot of it, as I said, I think earlier on, I'm trying to reduce the amount of transfers that I have caught up in everything i think the one thing that i'd like is to make sure those transfers if i do have to tie them up are tied up in offensive players um you know obviously there's the Willie Anns of this world who are currently anchoring a lot of wild cards and, and son as well um that you know you've got no idea whether they're going to continue playing because they are the sorts of players who aren't exactly nailed on uh, however you do need to i, I think it there's always merit at this time of the season specifically to have some sort of plan like if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out you've got to take a minus four you've got to do something like that and um, the, the point about the defense is definitely true like i'd thought of having Monreal in early um but that would give me another person to remove in 34 so that means three transfers are already gone I, i've gone into the wild card with transfers lined up and that, that's not a good idea I think it is inevitable at this point to have some transfers lined up. um, But still, I've never, I think with the free hit as well, things become really, really tricky this year. And just trying to make it work has been quite difficult. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to actual actual players that we're going to pick out. The first thing we're going to do in terms of essentials is is both pick out three key players we think are going to be uh, for us key. um And uh, I'm not talking about Sung Young. I'm talking about you know, being key. And uh, uh yeah, uh, the first thing, uh, the first player I think is Riyad Mahrez. You mentioned him earlier, and I'm sure you probably picked him out as well. uh Price rise this morning, 21 points for the last two games. Um, And I think he'll definitely be able to smash it in a schedule which uh, doesn't get too difficult until the second game of their double game week in 37 when Arsenal come to town. Um, He's in the top 10 for shots in the last six. He's joint third for shots on target with seven and uh, he's created a chance every 59 minutes. Um, I got him 8.6 and I think he'll be propping up many a wildcard team for now because I think he'll be in the shot window again for the uh, final half of the season. I think that will be, you know, a time when he really uh, delivers because he does tend to do it against teams like that. Like Vardy seems to perform well against the big teams. Now, against Liverpool, he's got a great strike rate. Um, but against teams where you know they're set on you know, defending deep and Vardy can't run and get in between the lines, a player like Mahrez with his guile is going to be the difference maker. And um, what do you think? Uh, is, is Mahrez on your first or on your list? Yeah, so I've, I've picked
1: Mahrez as one of my uh, <laughs> picks as well. I mean, yeah, he's. now, isn't he... uh... I think Leicester—they've got the double double as we mentioned—and then uh, they don't have any FA Cup involvement as well, so their focus will be purely on the league. Even though they've got nothing necessary to compete for in the league, they're, they're sitting comfortably uh, in the top half now. But uh, yeah, their focus will be just purely on the league. because They're not out—not in any more cups or anything. And uh, we've seen that Morris has already got double figures for goals and assists so far this season. So yeah, he's he's someone that's uh, looking essential for my wild card. Um, there's it's a bit of a midfielder theme actually for my essential. <laughs> Picks, which is probably a poor call, but um, my my other central pick that I picked was um Huguenin Son at least for the next few game weeks. Wow! Um, in Harry Kane's absence, I think Son's going to be the primary source for goals, and I think he's he's proved his ability within the league with the back-to-back uh, braces, um, and uh, that's taken him up to twelve goals and five assists in the season. And I think he's really kindly priced as well for what he offers, eight point two million. He doesn't break the bank, and he's got great underlying stats with a chance every twenty eight point eight minutes, forty one point five percent shot accuracy, and a goal every hundred fifty six minutes.
0: Yeah, and when he's playing the false nine, as we saw last year, um, he, he does do very well in an FPL and in a footballing sense. Um, he he uh, returned, I think, over seven points a game last year when Kane was out and he was playing in the false nine position. Admittedly, there was no Llorente, Um but I feel like he's the man who is uh, who is trusted. And I think you know, Kane is looking like he'll be back 34-ish. And I think that, that he will be safe for the FA Cup, I think, which means that some will play in the league. I, I think that he is preferred over Lorente as the main striker if Kane is absent. Either way... He has been playing an awful lot this year. If you look at his like, you know, his starts, it's not the case that he is a rotation risk. I think he's played his way into that Spurs team. So I completely understand why, why you've got him there. One to keep an eye on for me. I, I own him in my wild card. I feel like, you know, despite that, they've got actually not the best fixtures in the short term, as far as I believe, right? They've got, uh, they've got Chelsea
1: up next, yeah.
0: Chelsea, yeah. Stoke and Man City. So they've got three very tough fixtures, but... But equally, oh, you know, I've owned sorry, yeah, two, two very tough stuff. Okay. Free, yeah, Stoke. <laughs> Stoke oh, it's God, been tough <laughs> R- Stoke, and then they thrash Man- uh, Spurs 4 0. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think they're uh, it's not you know, I, I there's a case for not having Son, but I think in terms of um, Spurs generally and having double double and Son potentially, if he does play the rest of the season, having him in at 8.2, 8.3, I think it might be now, but having him having him in for that is going to be. Um, very difficult to to replicate given the value that he could potentially offer. So, so I'll do my second put now, right? It's uh, unex- unsurprisingly, it's uh, actually, no, no, surprisingly, because of, of how we started the season, it's, it's David De Gea, it's, it's Dave Saves. So I looked at goalkeepers. You never look at the goalkeeper stats. No, I had a, a foray into the goalkeeper stats. So It was sort of the worst stat tree ever. And... Uh, What I can find out is that De Gea is ridiculous. He's top of clean sheets uh, with 15 clean sheets. He's also fourth for saves with 97. So what he does is he gives you a good chance of getting points through clean sheets because we know what Magnet and Mourinho are like. We know that bus is a big bus. But if he doesn't get a clean sheet, he compensates you with save points a lot of the time. You know, I've got random fours and random threes. And obviously, you know, there was the game against Arsenal where, where he just returned so much. The ownership is so high for De Gea. Um, United play six bottom half teams and the re- remaining eight fixtures, which could feasibly be six clean sheets. And he's more nailed than the United defenders. You know, you've got Bay Bay or Valencia, who you might posit as being the most nailed, but they're more expensive than De Gea is. One thing I think really puts in perspective for me about De Gea, which is that he's got one more point than Alonso does this year. Um Edison is quite close, I think, but I think there's kind of one thing there, really. I mentioned it earlier, which is that. Claudio Bravo needs to play four more games to get a Premier League winners medal. If they don't, uh, he's played one game this season so far, and he needs to get five games. And there's a, it's a hat tip to FPL guidance and Connect there. So we're talking about that earlier on. Um, but I feel like he might get a couple of run outs, um, four run outs to be precise, in the Premier League at some point to give him that winners medal. I, I don't know whether that you know, who knows if Pep's going to be sentimental about it. But it feels like because of what when they've won it. If he does let the foot off the gas, we, we may see calamity. Claudio playing, and that may mean that Edison isn't as smooth and as solid as he appears. And also, next to, next few fixtures, next couple of fixtures are a bit meh. Uh, Everton and Man United. What do you think about that, Nick? What's your goalkeeper at the moment? <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's quite interesting because I did
1: I did have David De Gea in my initial uh, draft, but then I've actually um, I made a few changes. So I originally um, had sort of a De Gea Ben Davies sort of combo. Um, Ooh, ben Davies risky. Ben Davies um, was always going to go, but I had some value tied up with him, and it took me a little minute. Couple of minutes to get rid of him, but uh, he's likely to be rotated <laughs> with, uh, with Danny Rose. It's
0: so sad. You see, I can imagine. I can imagine you like just opening a beer or pouring yourself a drink, yeah. as you, just just to get yourself yeah. ready to press confer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's. I mean, he's he's likely to be rotated with Danny Rose. And I I was looking at the Spurs defense anyway um, in general, and all injured, um, not to speed Trippier and Oreo They've been rotated. Uh, Davinson Sanchez is a bit of a liability as well, and also quite expensive. So it looked like Vatonyan seemed to be if you want to get Spurs um, defender and he would be the man to get so I was looking at sort of De Gea and Vatonyan as a combination but then I realised actually if I went for Lloris and Smalling I would save 1.1 million pounds in total yeah. and that's quite a lot of money that I thought oh you've got two defenders you can have a Spurs and a United defender at 1.1 million cheaper if you go for Lloris and Smalling over De Gea and Vertonia. And so at the moment, I decided to put Lloris in. I mean, he scored 31 less points than David De Gea and he hasn't made as many saves, it's true. But um, Spurs have had 13 clean sheets over the season, which is only two less than United. Smalling has played the last eight games. He seems to be nailed on at the moment and seems to be one of them, you know, sort of players that Mourinho actually trusts to, um, to live, even though he can't seem to get into the England squad, uh, Smalling <laughs> seems to be quite key for uh, for Mourinho. So I think um, at the moment, Smalling is quite good value as well at 5.4 and I saw him as a good way of covering the United defence.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I did look at Smalling as well for that exact reason and I just can't, I, I just wouldn't want to be messing around with a, a premium defender, especially given the fact that I've got a little bit of a plan around my strikers as well. Like the defense has to be nailed on as it is. I'm 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 really not planning to make, I think I'm planning to make one defensive move max. Um, and actually I have De Gea and I've got another guy who is, uh, should I do my final one now? Yeah, as well. So like my final guy is, is a bit controversial, but it's Azpilicueta from Chelsea. He one point off Alonso, 6.9. So very expensive. He and De Gea are my only two premium options at the back. Um, with Aspaleceta, what stuck in my mind is the BPS work that we did a little while ago. As I said on that pod, as Azpi, Asp's BPS data is absolutely mental. Like amongst defenders, he's got 733 BPS, so he's done 733 BPS worthy actions this season. 41 ahead of the nearest competitor, which is Otamendi. He's in the top five for tackles, the top three for pass completion. Um, he is top for big chances created, but a lot of that was uh, uh was it was kind of Maratta earlier on. Uh, In the last five, Chelsea have obviously fallen off the wagon a little bit. But Azpi is still in the top 10 for BPS and remains top for baseline BPS. So the way you look at that is you think, okay, you go into any game with you know he goes in with a baseline of three points rather than two, which I think is, is pretty cool. I, I'm scared of Christensen, who I had in initially. You know, he, he's, he just looks to be injured the whole time. Uh, the Chelsea fixtures, I think, need to be covered. If they can keep it tight at the back, I think he's he'll be the one who plays. This year, every game but one. Last season, I was going to bring him in. We were on your stag, do and you said, what about Courtois? Went with that because I had to go with the stag and uh, missed out on Aspi assisting a batch-wise championship winning goal, <laughs> uh, which I was very happy about, Nick. Thanks. But... Um... No, fundamentally with Vasilevetsa, I feel like you're paying six point nine for a potential nine-pointer each game. With Alonzo, yeah, you get the occasional points from a, from a goal or from a free kick. But if Aspi keeps a clean sheet or does has defensive actions in in a slender victory, then I think he's always in the mix. So it's the case of like consistency, like paying for consistency over like boom and bust, which is what you get with Alonzo, which which kind of swayed me here.
1: Yeah, I can understand um, the appeal of Aspilicueta. For me, I think he's he's very expensive. I haven't got enough budget in my defence at the moment to fit him in. And if I did, I would want to find that extra 0.3 and make equator Alonso. And I think Alonso would definitely appeal to me more... To own him over Aspella Crater because of that additional goal threat, and and we saw earlier on in the season, you know, he was raking in the points. Yep. Um, Chelsea Chelsea in general have, have been a little bit out of form, so I'm not really looking at overloading on their players, but after uh, I will start to think about a Chelsea plan for sure because I think you want at least two players probably for 34 and um, the end end game, the last fixtures of the season as well. So I probably want to try and get maybe Alonso in, but. Kane him in is just gonna be another another budget yeah.
0: stretch. Yeah. And Kane as well. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough. I mean, at the moment I've got a debt I mean, we'll talk about our actual teams at the end, but I've got a decimated defence at the moment. They're all kind of four point seven in Cedric is my next expensive defender. And it's as it's Aspilaqueta and uh and David De Gea. I've got two Chelsea players, uh, de- uh William and Aspilaqueta. Hoping that William keeps playing, we're not gonna be able to probably talk about him I don't think too much uh this pod um but hoping he keeps playing because he, he just looks fantastic and then points per minute on the field is just is just incredible um but you, you're right and I think it's it's the case where I've kind of thought well I want to put a player in that I know is nailed I mean you've got the Emerson Palmieri thing uh, whether he'll start on the left sometimes I I think that Alonso is probably nailed and will get you those points but the fact that they're so close um, makes me think I am I just want the nailed on guy. So there's nothing worse than having Alonso and him not playing because that's only 7.2 a midfielder potentially you could have had uh, not starting. Right, what are your other, are your other players then, Nick? Just um, well, my final one, I think I, I mentioned oh, him a minute ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Salah. <laughs> I just thought he's essential, isn't he? I know he, they don't have a double, but just we all know, we keep seeing this guy... Perform week in week out. Last game week, he actually managed to score four goals and one assist. And then there are people selling him, and I'm just thinking, why are you selling him? Just, yeah. just keep him. He's he's essential. Even though Liverpool don't have a double, just keep him.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't make a case. I think it's one of those things where you can kind of make a, I, I can see the case for Firmino, as I said. Don't quite go with it, but I can see it. I can obviously remove. I remove Van Dijk pretty early on. It's almost like we're planning with four midfield slots rather than five because everything I uh, I've got I had mine nine point two after buying him back in game week six after selling him in game week two. You've had Solar since game week one. So much value tied up in that guy, and um, so ridiculous. Uh, you know he's very close to beating I think Luis Suarez's record as well. Uh, seven or eight games to go. So yeah, uh, yeah, it, it can't. Uh, I, I um, can't ever imagine a team without him
1: we saw it last game we didn't read those um that tried to differentiate by not catching him and i guess that you could say that was the worst plan ever
0: yeah trying to trying to be too clever and uh, on the other hand it was us who were just going oh excellent these people are these people are just get, letting us like, step excellent. over them <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly all right let's take a little break there nick and then we'll talk about uh teams to cover and some punts too
1: who got the assist who got the assist so we're back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about teams in general and uh, the fixtures, and and the best teams to cover. And I think we've covered covered it a fair bit already in the pods. But um, there's a probably Leicester, a really good team to start on. I think um, I think it's worth getting a Leicester defender in, and the one we've been looking at is, is Wes Morgan. But there's a few other options, but they've been rotated a little bit in defence, haven't they? So maybe they're not necessary as good picks as uh, Wes Morgan. Then we've got. Southampton as well, and I think you mentioned you've got Cedric in defence. I've, um, I've gone for McCarthy as one of my goalkeeping options at 4.4. 4. I think uh, he's probably a decent pick. But Southampton, it's worth mentioning, their fixtures are pretty tricky. One of the uh, doubles in 34, they're playing Chelsea. That's going to be a tough game. So It's unlikely they're going to get a clean sheet there. So you're only really banking on the one clean sheet against Swansea. So if you, it's not really worth covering Southampton. I can't, I can't see too much of an appeal. And then thirty-seven, they've got Everton and Leicester, so it's probably unlikely they'll get a clean sheet in either of those games. And then they finish off the season actually with Manchester City. So for me, Southampton, I haven't been a team I've been thinking too heavily about uh, drafting in, but I have, um, I've had thought about the goalkeeper and the, the substitute goalkeeper because I think he's it's either him or, or Joe Hart as potentially the uh, the best uh, goalkeeping options for, for the bench.
0: Yeah, Joe Hart four point two. I I just uh, yeah, I, I I can't believe that anyone looks at him and thinks he's he's a good footballer, a good footballer. So I, I can imagine that Adrian comes back in for David Moyes. Um however, Southampton, Southampton are an interesting one. Um Steve, Stevens and, and Yoshi are in the top six over the last a few games for shots on target. Um I don't know what Hughes will do there though. Stevens, we know, kind of loves a goal, it seems, at the moment and definitely loves a shot. But for me, and um, also kind of encroaches on our uh, punts a little bit. I've got Cedric at the moment, who's one of your one of your early season heroes, right? Uh, 4. Not much of a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Four point seven. Yeah, the last six weeks, he's actually fourth for crosses uh, with twenty nine, and crosses complete with twenty with seven of them, so twenty five percent of them. And he's also fifth for chances created um, with six in the last six for defenders. Um you've got to think that surely like Creo or Austin is going to knock one of them in eventually somehow. The reality is I'm only going to be playing Cedric for two fixtures. One is West Ham away this week coming. And um, and two is that double game week, which is going to be tricky. I'm expecting four points in total. However, um, I've got Ryan in goal instead of McCarthy because... Um, I'm worried about Forster potentially coming in I don't, I don't know I, I just I feel like mm-hmm. it's worth paying 0.1 for the for the goalkeeper yeah. at least he's going to play in 34 um, so with Stevens again it's another kind of like meh and I was thinking well I've got 4 po- I've got 0.2 spare I might as well just put Cedric in now but I'm, is not that, sure about him, but
1: I'm not sure about that to be honest I don't know if he's worth spending that 0.2 because I think you, you mentioned that he's your second most expensive defender but you're only planning on um, actually playing him for two game weeks so for me I- I feel like you should be saving that money and saving that 0.2 for a rainy day. For instance, when you try and do your cane transfer, you might find that someone's dropped in price and you actually short that 0.2 at that particular moment in time. So maybe you are yeah. you are better off looking at Stevens or Yoshida as your Southampton option.
0: Yeah, I did look at that. Actually, the issue is, as I said, is that uh, Stevens and Yoshida. Like, if Yoshida comes in and takes Stevens's place, then suddenly, you know, for yeah. game week thirty four, I'm down a player. I've got to use one of the transfers that I plan planned to, you know, use on the strikers. Maybe there. And um, with Cedric, I don't think you have that issue. Um, it's zero point two pay for a peace of mind, and I I know what you're saying about the price rises as well. I do have enough wiggle room as it stands. I think I've got about zero point eight million to make everything work. Um. So I think I've got probably enough to not have to do that, and it's the same with doing. Um, let's just move on to maybe Burnley as well. After you yeah. said what you're going to say, um, but you know it's the same with doing Tarkovsky over Lowton. Like I prefer Tarko to Lowton, so I'm going to spend the extra 0.1 on, on Tarko than I am on Lowton. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say about Southampton? No, I was just going to say. I mean, it's it's
1: a tough one, isn't it? Because you could then say, okay, I'm I'm going to go for for Dunk and uh, McCarthy, but then you seem you seem worried about Forster as well, but. So Dunk is, is nailed on at Brighton, but Southampton, there seems to be a little bit more rotation in that defence. There's a little bit more risk. So maybe, uh, you know, not going mm-hmm. for a Southampton defender, maybe doubling down on Brighton could be another p- uh, potential option. <laughs> because know, I, I don't, I don't think Brighton's fixtures are particularly good, but no, they're, they're neither, neither are Southampton's, you know, you could say you look at Brighton's ones and they could maybe get a clean sheet against Huddersfield or Palace or maybe Burnley in 36 Southampton, they've got West Ham up next, they've got Swansea and they've got Bournemouth. So each of them probably only have about three possible clean sheets, you know, yeah. max.
0: Yeah, that's it. And it's a, it's a little bit like the strikers actually. And um, oh, I did say we're going to do Burnley, but let's do Brighton quickly. And um, I've actually got triple Brighton, and I've actually got double. I've actually triple. got double. Yeah. I've got, I've got Ryan and I've got Duffy. Um, the the key to remember is that these guys are not going to be playing every week. Um whenever i say that people always assume i'm going to be playing. I'm not. Um but Duffy in 33 as you said has Huddersfield in 36 and um, has a decent fixture as well against Burnley. But other than that i mean he, he's not really going to be anywhere near my team. He's just he's just kind of a, a player who's on the bench who's nailed on to play as a center back. I mean Duffy's top of the CBI for example and you know he still hasn't scored yet despite a lot of attempts for a for a for a defender and Matt Ryan for saves. I, I can't, you know, but I think that he's a little bit better than McCarthy. I want kind of a, a slightly cheaper, the cheapest keeper I can get, who's nailed to play with double doubles in case the Gea is ill or something in in thirty seven. Who knows? But yeah, I mean Brighton. Uh, the key man there is, is Glenn Murray. He's uh, I've got him in at five point nine. They've got two home fixtures coming up next against. Huddersfield highly motivated I mean yeah yeah I mean people are saying you know there's always the sitting around there if anything I think that the will come on with Murray rather than Murray being dropped because of the form he's been in um you know over the last six he's had seven shots on target which is joint third behind Kane and Firmino scored four goals and as I just said you know the motivation is the big factor there um I think feasibly he could just stick in my team for the rest of the season um, at the moment the plan is that he does stick there but know thirty six I could remove him for jordan Ayew, who they uh, Swansea' have got a decent do that guy again <laughs> yeah. To... Yeah. Dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah I can imagine um but you know I think that he's a he's a really good option for brighton um in, in the short term it's ridiculous that we're looking at these players in in such focus it's just because of the double game week I think and um, what do you think about Brighton
1: yeah I can see why you're going for Brighton I'm going to talk a little bit later in the pun section about Pascal Gross but again I'm interested why you've gone for the Duffman Duffy um, over Dunk as well because isn't Duffy 0.1 more expensive compared to Dunk in terms of price yeah he
0: is um it's just because one he's top of the cbi so it's just like a uh,
1: it's, 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 it's just very, it's, that's just a number though surely it's, it's you want to small. save that 0.1 right.
0: yeah it's, it's very small but equally I don't, I don't need to save 0.1 because of how it works Hours, i said i've got 0.8 0.9 in terms of wiggle room now to 37 if all things remain the same if not i'm not like i'm in a position where i don't think i'm going to need that 0.1 but i definitely see what you're saying also, there's a little bit of kind of a, a personal thing there because I've owned Dunk already. I might not want to buy him yeah. back. I know yeah, that sounds
1: ridiculous. Yeah, go out of him. But I yeah, know, I can understand maybe. Yeah, you but... know, I've,
0: I've waved him off. I've said, thank you, come again. But I don't want him to come again. I prefer to have, I prefer to have the Duff Man in. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I think sometimes because it's so close and it's always much for muchness. You look at these little things which are perhaps going to be the difference. No, that's
1: fair enough. Let, let's move on to Burnley then. And uh, so at the moment, again, I've gone. It seems there's a bit of a theme here, but I've gone for the cheaper player. I've gone for Lowton, and you, you've clumped for um, Tarkowski. So I've made a 0.1 saving there as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't. I, I think. I think a lot of this comes down to my actual plan, which I'll speak about later. But I, I don't need the 0.1 that much. Um, and I think I want to pay pay for slight quality a little bit. Like you know, Barsley could come back. Who knows. I think the key with Burnley is that they do seem like much of a muchness. So it might be the case that I'll put Lowton in at the end in the same way I may put Duncan at the end if I decide, you know, I want to do something a bit more intricate. In terms of their stats at the back, uh, me is so much better than the rest of the Burnley players. like in terms of goal threat, Uh, Tarko's have three big chances. Lowton is sit for chance created over the last six. Uh, Wardineo from earlier on in the season is, is nowhere to be seen, it, but it kind of feels like they're they're a team worth having. You know, if you are on there uh, without a wild card, or if you are uh, if you are without a free hit, they are definitely, as Nick said earlier, a team to a team to get hot to get on because of that game in thirty five. And I suspect we'll see a lot of triple ups in Burnley. But for me, I think that the cover angle is really only about their defence and uh, cover, making sure you've got a player from that defence. They only play Chelsea and Arsenal, uh, and also Leicester in 34 uh, as their kind of tough fixtures towards the end of the season, shall we say? So it may be the case that they'll keep a clean sheet or two. Um, but there's all, always the kind of on the beach syndrome, as we saw with West Brom last year, mm-hmm. um, which which may could be which maybe could be impactful there. And I, I personally am going to go just with one Burnley player. Although I really like Goodminton, who we'll speak about in a minute. Um, I really like Barnes as well. But for me, I think I'm going to go with Murray over Barnes and with with one Burnley defender, which will be Tarko.
1: Yeah, I think that's the same with me, actually. At the moment, I've just got the one Burnley defender. I'd like to have someone... Um, and I think they've just got really good fixtures up until the end of the season. I'm not sure even if he's going to make my 11 for the double game week 34, but he has a double game week. So he's part of my my cover in my yeah, squad. No, I and I think um, he'll probably play, I think he might play him actually next game week. So yeah, I West Brom I is just a really tough, um, really easy fixture even um, game yeah. for them. So I think um, that I don't want to double up or triple up on Burnley because it's not part of my bench boost plan in 37. So I think um, I think uh, T- Loughton will actually leave my team as a possible transfer so I can get another double game week player for all that 37 rather than have him in my bench boost for the Arsenal game. So yeah. my particular strategy, I'm not loading up too heavily on Burnley. I just want the one player for the next few game weeks. But uh, yeah, I think if you don't have your free hits, if you don't have your wild cards, I think Burnley would be a good team to to start investing in for sure, starting with the defence.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think we, as I said, we we're going to talk about a couple of the offensive players in a minute. Let's talk about some of the bigger teams with double doubles. The first one is United. Uh, we've spoken about David de Gea and spoken about Lukaku to some extent. You're looking at Smalling as well, and I think that there's definitely a case to cover defense. Would you think that that's correct?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm thinking still, even though I've got Smalling, I'm, I'm seeing if I can stretch to get David de Gea in as well, and and double up on Manchester United. And I, I think looking at their fixtures, it, it makes um, it. It would be. Think you probably could get about five or six clean sheets out of the the next. Because um, they've got a, uh, they've got eight games left, and the only two tough ones where they're unlikely to potentially get a clean sheet is uh, City and Arsenal. And the rest of the fixtures, you can potentially see clean sheets against West Brom, Swansea, West Ham, Brighton, Bournemouth, Watford. All all teams that are going to struggle to to score. And uh, last season, I actually had a, a double United defence um, for the double game weeks, and it's, it served me really well. And they've, you've seen that defence do really well all season. Marina's got them well drilled. So, um, you know, I, maybe I can get De Gea in. But I think there's there's not really that too many options in, in midfield for United, though, is there? Unless you start talking about Jaylings again.
0: Uh, oh, God, no. No, you can't. You, oh, you can't. You can't go back to. You can't go back to that. And it looks like Pogba and and Marino are having ter- a terrible time together. we united, as you said, but double game weeks are just so good, aren't they? If if they were a fantastic attacking force, which unfortunately they're not, sorry, United fans. They definitely worth investing in with West Brom and Bournemouth in thirty four, and Brighton and West Ham in thirty seven. And I think for that reason, I'll be covering Kaku. Come thirty-four, but I feel like he's basically a twelve-pointer in those games. Who you know scored the third goal in a three-one, well, hopefully a 3 0 because I own De Gea. But you who know, scored the third goal in a three-one twice and get twelve points? So he, he seems like that kind of guy this year. And it is really interesting, actually. I looked at Kaku, his last six this year, so thirty-one to to twenty-five, and last year thirty-one to twenty-five, and uh, Kaku has fallen really far in terms of just productivity on the pitch. So last season at this point he was second only to Cuneguerro in terms of shots taken. If we're going to take that as an indicator of how focal they are to the team with 22, uh, this year is just about in the top 10 with uh, with with 12. I think he is you know someone you're going to have to get in as a hygiene factor perhaps for the double game weeks, given the fact as you said there's no real midfield options. Maybe Rashford could be a could be a punt towards the end of the season, but it just looks like Kaku will always play, and I think that's going to be really important for for people looking to double up on United.
1: Yeah, Rashford's an interesting punt, but once again, he's another one of those players which you don't necessarily know whether he's going to start again. You can say the same for the likes of Martial in, in midfield. It's, there's always a little bit of rotation there, but yeah, I think um, for stopped, me, there. I think for me, Kaku, it, he has to be in the team just because of um, just because of the fixtures, really, and those double doubles that just look. Really good,
0: yeah. And I think the the final thing about United is I've actually got Matic in my team at the moment. Oh yeah, Uh, four point seven. The the kind of the the fifth the fifth midfielder. Um, The reasoning behind that is that he he will get me six points in the in in the double game week. Uh, I I need to have a fairly cheap midfielder in the fifth to make it work. And uh, it feels like he's like kind of a top draw fifth midfielder. <laughs> I know it sounds a bit silly, but I, I don't see anywhere outside of De Gea or Nkaku that I want the United player. Um, I certainly can't quite fit a defender in and I'm not convinced my smalling, so I'm going to have to go for Baye or go for Valencia if I want one. And that's just outrageously expensive for, for the plan that I've got and makes it just not work. I prefer to kind of... Uh, have Matic in as, as, instead of like a cork or something in terms of you know cheap players who've got double double you can sit as my fifth um, my fifth midfielder
1: okay yeah fair enough um all
0: right uh, so, yep Spurs and Chelsea Spurs and Chelsea then I think they're kind of much of a muchness because they have that the game against each other this week and people are kind of unsure about them but <clears throat> I think with Spurs um Son is kind of sufficient cover. With Chelsea, uh, I did mention with Willian earlier, I mean, I think at 7.1, as he is now, he offers, if he can keep playing for the rest of the season, fantastic, fantastic value. Um, as for I've said I'm, I'm going to have for the whole season. Uh, but for those two teams, Nick, uh, they both have double-doubles. Are they teams that you're looking at? I think you said, said it earlier. Are they teams you're looking at kind of covering now or kind of transitioning towards having more of them? Uh,
1: I think it's tough. I think they're more transitional teams. And this is one of the reasons I didn't want to wildcard initially this game week because of those Spurs and, and Chelsea playing each other. But we've already seen that um, William and, and Son have risen in value. So people are still getting these guys in, even if they are playing each other, because they know that Spurs and Chelsea's fixtures are really good. And it's it's tough. So I have got William in, some in my draft at the moment. I've also got Hugo Lloris, but I don't have anyone else for those teams. I think we've talked a lot about transitioning Kane into our teams. I would love to see if I can come up with some sort of Alonso plan, though I don't have one either at the moment in time. So it's it's a tough one to to cover these guys. And uh, Chelsea do have some good fixtures um, up until the end of the season. And I do want to load up on another Chelsea player but there. There aren't too many Too many viable options out there. Like the the attack's a bit of a mess. I'm not going to be looking at Morata or Giroud or anything. And uh, Hazard's very expensive too.
0: Yeah, you kind of hope, you kind of wish that that he'd have a number one striker. Like I think that'll definitely make things a lot more interesting. I triple captain Giroud in 34. Imagine, Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. And I think that a lot of the time it's linked to Salah. Why we can't get Hazard? No one, uh, no one's really spoken about Ali and Ericsson, which I find quite interesting considering what the Spurs' is fixtures after 35, particularly. Yep. Um, and I think it is just due to Salah that we can't fit these players in at the moment because of the fact that he's you know, nine uh, nine million plus uh, slot that he fills. Um, I, I just, I think that you know, it's, a, it, it's an allowable loss to lose one of those players and have Salah, as you said, because he's just so essential. I think that that's what's happened there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the fact that Son is a lot cheaper than Ali and Ericsson and Williams a lot cheaper than the Hazard just makes those guys just a lot more appealing and saves me a lot of money and allows me to afford the likes of Lukaku, Aubameyang and Firmino as a front three.
0: Yeah. And you just spoke about Aubameyang. You mentioned him at least um let's mention Arsenal um so no double game week in 34 we were expecting it to be a Newcastle Leicester double away game it's not um that Leicester game got moved to 37 but they hit the ground running from 32 with Stoke and Southampton two very profitable looking home fixtures and you know everybody I think is aware that Aubameyang won't play in the Europa League has a ridiculous record generally um and uh Will be playing in basically every Arsenal game, so I think he's in a lot of wild cards, Despite the fact that he doesn't have any, uh, doesn't have a double game week in 34, um, and maybe players like Monreal and Mkhitaryan will be, and Mustafi and all this kind of thing will will be coming into the picture come 37. Um, with your wild card team, have you got Aubameyang now? I do have Aubameyang at the
1: moment and I'm probably going to be keeping him and playing him in 34 as well as Salah so they're going to be essentially single game week players that I'm going to be playing regardless but then uh, keeping Aubameyang just works out in the long run and then I've got him already and ready made for for 37 as well so I, I just want him in now I think he's going to do really well in the next three anyway regardless of not having a double at 34, which was a bit of a disappointment, I think, for a lot of people. But yeah, they've got Stoke, Southampton and Newcastle. But um, I haven't gone, I've gone without the Arsenal defence. So I did, I originally was planning on bringing in someone like Monreal Mustafi or even maybe Petacek as as a, an additional Arsenal player within my team for that double game week in 34. But with, um, yeah, without the double, there's no point now. I don't think doubling up on Arsenal when I can perhaps get someone like you know, Chris Smalling in for the same price.
0: Yeah, I understand that, and I had Monreal because of those two games. I was thinking, you know, he could get twelve points. Uh, the issue is, of course, that I'd have to remove him for thirty-four. I think because I want a double game weaker. Um, I do like have two players. I, I like having two bites of the cherry as much as I possibly can. And uh, I think that if it's uh, if I did have him in, he'd get, maybe get 12 points for those two. I'd have to remove him, so his actual worth is, is eight points. And then, you know, it, 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 it just gets a bit too complicated if I got free transfers all, all tied up. I don't know if it's worth it for an Arsenal defender.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do like the idea of the old boomerang, as you put it earlier, with the sort of selling him for the 34. But then, I mean, who... I don't know, it would be tough to say who I'd sell him for because I'm already planning on selling Firmino for Vardy. So would I sell him for Glenn Murray? Well, pro- probably not. I'd still yeah. fancy Aubameyang's chances for a haul against Newcastle compared to uh, Murray against Palace and Spurs.
0: Yeah, no, they're definitely. I feel like you've kind of set up with three, three big men, whereas I kind of think, well, Aubameyang, yeah, I'll cover him in the short term, but in the long term, you know, I'll have him for the good fixtures that he actually has, which are 32... 33 and 35 in my estimation i'm missing out on 37 and 38 um but i will have harry kane at that point as uh, we spoke about earlier the fact that you know it's difficult but you've got to make these kind of uh sacrifices i suppose but i'll have harry kane for uh, a triple captain potentially uh west brom and newcastle in uh, in 37 i think that's going to be uh of more uh generate more points for me um, but yeah it is difficult um, I think Arsenal are a team that I find very uh, difficult to trust uh, I don't like mixing up my FPL and my personal team affiliation too much but I think Aubameyang well, is just so nailed on that I, I can't see past having him at least at least for now. Alright, uh, so let's we'll take a final break and then we'll move on to the punts before we wrap up Who
1: got the assist? Who got the assist?
0: So we're back and um, it's the final section of
1: the pod. Uh, we're going to talk about some punts for the doubles. I'm going to keep it relatively short because we've already covered a lot of ground. But um, so the first one I've looked at personally is uh, Pascal Gross. I think he's uh, I think he's a really good uh, differential pick perhaps for the next um, game week. He's been uh, one of their top performing players uh, this season. I know Tom's looking at Glenn Murray, but I think... Uh, Pascal Gross is definitely worth talking about. In terms of the last six game weeks, Gross has actually been third for attacking threat for midfielders. Um, this is goal threat. He's had 15 goal attempts, six inside the box, seven on target. But just uh, just the one goal, though. But he's, So it's not just uh, chances created. He's also having a lot of shots. But the chances created in the last six game weeks, he's also third uh, for midfielders with 16 chances created, uh, four that were big chances. And from those, he's got... Free assist. So if, if Glenn Murray is going to be scoring goals, it's going to probably be Pascal Gross that's um, creating the chances. And I think at 6.0, he's, he's definitely um, worth a punt, uh, considering Brighton have the double-double.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a player who's been going about his business quietly but effectively uh, throughout the course of the season. I actually looked at uh, another Brighton player as a, a pun actually is Kierdel, the less known winger. Um, he's he's actually in the top five for attempts uh, on thirteen in the last six. He's in the top ten for shots shots in the box, and he creates a chance every thirty-five minutes. So you know, if if for whatever reason you know your mini league is all all grossed up. Then he may be a player that you could potentially bring in, but I think you know if you're looking at Pascal Gross, I think a player that you do need to th- be thinking about actually is, uh, is is Goodmanson at Burnley, who I, I know that you like as well. Um, he's been quietly building a, a very good profile in the last six. He's joined fourth with the likes of Eriksen, Ozil, and Salah for chances created of twelve. Um he creates a chance every 37 minutes. And he's also had 12 attempts, although not too many are on target. But what's interesting is that he's had forty four crosses as well. A second into Old Bryce in the last in the last six. And um, but he tops the bill for successful crosses in the last six as well. So it looks like he's kind of in in form creating stuff for Ashley Barnes, you know, Sam Vokes and Chris Wood to to knock in. Got a few assists. So you know, he could be one that you know five point one for the end of the rest of the season could be quite good for somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he is um, a decent option. Couple of assists in the last couple of game weeks, and yeah, great stats as you mentioned. I think a uh, problem for me with Goodmanson, not just the, the issue I mentioned earlier with with Burnley and and them Selen for seven, but is uh, the fact that a five point one, he's a little bit too expensive for a fifth midfielder and um, and um, a little bit too cheap for the fourth midfielder role. So he's he's, he's at a bit of an awkward uh, price point. So at the moment, I've got um, Kennedy as my uh, pick for my fifth midfielder, he's, he's 4.7, he's very good value um, and uh, they're, he's going to be doing a fair bit of bench warming but uh, he did really well in that game against Southampton with a brace, seems to be uh, coming into a little bit of form, showing a lot of um, lot of potential as, as a young player and uh, I think he's uh, yeah definitely a, a decent pick for the run-in at the end of the season where Newcastle have they've got Watford and Spurs in the 37 double game week so a bit of a tough fixture but him, um, I think he's he's relatively uh, decent price.
0: Yeah, you mentioned him and Dummett right at the start, and those were I think the two players that. I was more annoyed about the fact they weren't really viable if I was going to bench boost in 34, because they're just so cheap. Kennedy, you know, I wish I could still keep him, but I think that I've got to go for a double-doubler. 12 attempts in the last seven. He said has a chance every 31 minutes, which, which is pretty crazy, really. I mean, you, you, Richarlison, at his prime was kind of a chance every 15 minutes or so. But in a Newcastle team which do not seem to be creating many chances, him having so many for 4.7 is very, uh, very alluring indeed. I think I'm not going to really be looking at Newcastle. I think um, I think oh, we'll see how that kind of pans out, but I don't think I'll be looking there. Um, I mentioned Southampton earlier as a, as a team I am looking at. I've got Cedric and I mentioned that he might be, he constitutes a pump for sure. Um, the other man at Southampton is Charlie Austin, who uh, cons- uh, definitely constitutes a pump because he's injured at the moment. But he is a player who, if he is on the field, is fit. His shoulder's in, in its socket, who does very well. Um, in his last six games, Austin has taken 15 shots, 11 of which are on target, which takes him of the last kind of six games universe. So every striker in the last six games into the top five. Pretty damn decent. I mean, if if Cedric, one of those crosses, hits Charlie Austin's head, surely one's going to go in. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Charlie Austin could be one. Um, you know, I'm looking at Glenn Murray. But if Austin was fit and firing, I think I'd have more of a decision than I actually do at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think Austin's an interesting pick. Um, we know that he's had a lot of issues with injury in, in the past as well. And he would definitely be a, a, what I would consider a more riskier, riskier punt and not necessarily um, someone I'm, I'm looking at personally. I think uh, definitely in terms of um, the third strike, if you are looking at a cheaper third striker, um, Glenn Murray will be your man. But um, I think uh, the one guy I just wanted to talk about my final sort of punt is... Uh, is Junior Stanislas and he's a 6.0 and we saw a lot of people owned him in the blank game where you did really well. I didn't own him and I missed out on the points unfortunately. But um, I, I'm saying, what well, a lot of people who have wild cards are obviously getting rid of him. But I'm saying, is there a case for actually keeping keeping the faith um, in him? Because I think if you look at Bournemouth's fixtures, they've got okay, they've got they've actually got a double game week and people haven't really talked about it because it's it's a really tough one. It's, it's Liverpool so and Manchester United. It's, it's <laughs> so, not so it's bad. not nice, but you're not going to see clean sheets, but it's very much a case that Stanislas might be able to do well in that game Again, nick nick a goal. I mean, he's had three goals um, in his last six, and their other fixtures, just for the run-in, is really good. They've got Watford, Palace, Southampton, Swansea and Burnley as well as their other final game. So I definitely can see that Stanislas could score a couple of goals. I think in the last six game weeks he's only actually behind uh, Mo Salah in terms of his underlying stats and shots on target for the last six game weeks. So I think uh, definitely a case for, for keeping Junior.
0: If you're doing anyone in Bournemouth, I think you, you've got to do Stanislas. I, I can't see past Stan uh, for being in your team. When you, meant, you mentioned Glenn Murray, there is one perhaps option as Ashley Barnes, uh, four, four for shots on target among strikers in the last six. I can't see anyone at Bournemouth being uh, worth investing in. I mean, I think the Callum Wilson uh, beach ball is well and truly punctured now. Um, and I think that, you know, Stanislas, as you said, because of what what he's creating. I can't see past him. If you are interested in Bournemouth, that is my final guy is actually Old uh, Brighton at Leicester. Because, you know, if, I think you know, with Morgan, Vardy, and Mares, I think a lot of people will have those three. I'm probably going to have those three. Old Brighton is yet again going to be one who shunted to the shadows. He's always one that I always think, yeah, I might buy him, but I never actually get around to it. He's an absolute cross machine, which is the key. Uh, Fifty-one crosses in the last six games for Brighton, as eight point five crosses per game, which is ridiculous. If only you know Samani was was still there to knock them in, or you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but he he is uh, one of those players who does kind of tick over pretty well. Leicester as do have the double double, and in thirty-seven, um, the double double is uh, a little bit a little bit tougher, but he could still be one. If you don't have Morgan or you don't have Vardy that you might stick stick in just to kind of contend with people who do have that triple Leicester setup. Yeah,
1: I think so. And I think um I had I've had All Brighton the um, last couple of seasons at various points. I remember one point actually I had all Brighton, Mares, and uh where's Morgan? And I couldn't fit Jamie Vardy in because of this problem that I had with <laughs> all Brighton oh, as well. God. But um yeah, I think it, it brings me back to Leicester's title winning um season the, the all this talk about Wes Morgan and tripling up
0: <laughs> yeah I think
1: he's, he's definitely a, a decent punt
0: yeah so many nostalgia picks here I think um you know, the final couples have perhaps talked about uh, you know, are you are you in key at uh, Swansea like one of the IUs I, I, I might do Andre are you who knows um but I think that's probably one to watch and see how they do I mean they were obviously featuring very highly in many wildcard squads before their fixture in 30 that was going to be in 34 we thought got got kind of confirmed as being in 37. I think the final thing as well, uh, the final, final thing is to talk about our squads and, and what we, uh, how we're going to be setting up. And um, I think the first thing is I've got to say thanks to John T and Joe Morgan for a lot of advice and Alex Ball as well. A lot of it's based on bang theory, my particular uh, setup. And that's the theory that we said in the last week's pod, which is about having players who are, you think are going to score more than seven points every week. And, my approach has been to make sure that I've got maximum amount of players who can score that amount that like I back to score that amount. So I'm starting off with Firmino, Aubameyang, Son, Salah, Willian, Mares, Aspas, De Gea, and maybe Murray as well as players who I who I would back most weeks to do pretty well. Uh, Murray obviously is is a bit of a grey zone, but yeah, I've got a, you know a fairly intricate plan to make it all work. Most of my players are fairly fixed now, uh, but Firmino to Firmino is going to stay as we said at the top and um, he's going to go out for Vardy or Bamian's going to go out for Kaku for 34 35 free hit 36 I've got money and this is the ki- this is kind of the crux of my entire wild card. in fact so if it doesn't work out I, I may get a uh, Kun Aguera instead but the crux of it is that in game week 36 Vardy goes out for Kane which is financed a little bit I need a tiny bit more money by Son to IU or William to Key and in 37 that also enables me buying a uh, a, a city midfielder one of the mid-range ones not de Bruyne um, and a defender for Salah and one of the cheap defenders uh, which will give me a pretty interesting 11 uh, for 37 which would be De Gea as Laporte a double game week uh, cheap defender Mares, William, Dilva maybe uh, a Swansea player Kaku Kane and Murray with the triple captain on Kane and 38 obviously if I do sell Salah I'll have to get him back um, but yeah it's a it's, uh, one of those things where I've obviously been thinking about it a lot. I've been trying to make sure that I'm not going too crazy and overthinking. I've got quite a lot of flex as well, so you know I've I've avoided the temptation to get you know be maxed out when I've wild carded. I've actually got three million in the bank to afford Kane to come in, and also you know afford Kaku and Vardy to come in for uh, for for Aubameyang and Firmino. So I've you know I've got a lot of flexibility. I can really make it work, and I I can. Uh, hopefully, still retain a very high number of players who can perform well uh, week to week. Uh, But it's very much a gliven Glaven kind of, you know, proper nerdy wildcard plan, which is invariably going to fail as soon as, uh, you know, Cedric gets carried off injured in the second minute against West Ham. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, where I'm sitting at the moment. I'm kind of thinking that I've got so many fairly big players that hopefully that'll be a differential in of itself that, you know, some people are going to be owning three or four of those players. I've got a very strong seven plus De Gea at the back and Aspilaqueta at the back. And I'm just hoping that will elicit gains through that kind of level of differentiation from a, from that perspective. How's your plan, Nick? How's it looking? What have you been doing? Yeah, I mean at the moment
1: my looking at my team is quite aggressively um forwards a lot of money is spent on the front three and the front four. I've got for um so at the moment it's, it's looking like Larice and McCarthy as my goalkeepers. Um, and then I've also got in defence, I've got Loughton, Smalling, uh, Wes Morgan, Dummett and Alexander Arnold at the moment
0: with, uh, with Joe Gomez injury. It's a <laughs> danger zone that defence.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not going to be bench boosting anyway. In, in yeah, that's true, four, that's So true, yeah. really, I can that's still well. play the likes of Smalling and, and Morgan and Loton as my defence in, in 34, potentially. But um, yeah, I swapped in Alexander-Arnold because of the fact that Joe Gomez is injured and I think they've pulled up some decent fixtures, so I might keep him in. He's only 4.2, but he might go. It's, it's very much changing week in, week out, day in, day out. So it's, very, it's, it's definitely not set in stone at all. But in midfield, it's Son and Mahrez and Salah and uh, William and then Kennedy as well. And then um, up front, I've got Lukaku, Aubameyang and uh, Firmino. So... It's uh yeah, so at the moment I'm focusing on um, getting that nine double game week players and then Obamayang and um, Salah for 34 and then trying to see how many I can fit in for 37. So the likes of Lowton will go probably for um, someone like Fernandez at uh, Swansea. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep TAA to be honest, I just put him in because he was cheap at the time, but I might look at someone else, someone like Dummett will come in as well, and Kennedy will come in for that double game week in 37 as well. So yeah, that's that's the plan at the moment. Just it's just a case of trying to to find those pennies and, and stretch because at the moment, unlike you, you seem to have a lot of money in the bank I'm very stretched, so I'm looking at ways to cut corners, cut costs. So looking at the likes of Lowton over um, Tarkowski, say it's been 0.1, or you know, um, getting Darmstadt very cheap, or using um, having Larissa Spaulding over De Gea.
0: Yeah, the the main way I've done it is basically just the defence. I've, I've said I'm going to have one big defender in Aspilaqueta. The rest are fairly cheap. And obviously Cedric, yeah, is 0.2 more, more expensive than the rest of them. But you know, it's all much for muchness almost like they kind of cover what they need to cover. And they come in and they rotate around a fair bit around as Azpilicueta and De Gea who always play. But yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see how things are different. And, you know, just to kind of come to the end now, obviously, as we said at the beginning, there's only so much we can cover, uh, but hopefully there's enough there for you to you know, think about players, think about teams, think about how you're going to set up and think about how you're going to navigate your strategy around this area. There's only so much advice we can give. Obviously, we try to give advice on, on Twitter as much as we can and on the Fan Football Scout every now and again. Um, maybe I'll try to do some sort of uh, video stream uh, this week as well to do a Q&A about wildcards on a Thursday or Friday, but yeah it's it's one of those things it's very individual it's very much kind of like you know you've got to put your own thinking into it too and it's very useful to obviously speak to people in the community and thank you for everybody who's uh who's spoken to me about my team i'm sure i'm sure uh, same same goes for you nick yeah thanks very much guys for all the help as usual Cool. Um, so there's a theme to each pod. Uh, last time it was Zoolander. Uh, great work by uh, Andy Goodland, although uh, o Forward got uh, very close with uh, with it. But I think Andy just about stole it. The chance for the f- battle continues there. And uh, just, to <laughs> just to reiterate who we are as well, we're Who Got The Assist. You can find us at whoyourassist.com and you can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL. Yep, yeah, and if you
1: want to join our league it's not too late even though we're coming to the conclusion of the season but it's 1538-17403 and we'll be back next week you definitely will Tom uh, for me it depends if... Um my wife has a baby or not. So uh, we'll
0: see. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, that's probably one of, the best, uh, one of the best excuses for for not taking part in the pod. Um, although, you know, if, if you do have time waiting around on the maternity ward and, you know, you, you fancy doing some notes and then coming on uh, via the phone, I'll uh, do something. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I can remember. All right, then. Thanks very much, guys. Hopefully that assisted you and we'll be back next week. Well, I'll be back next week, at least. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.